any minute, so <laughs> um, I'm going to preach. In, in 2 Timothy, um, Paul uh, gives us five pictures there, and he, he speaks about to, uh, to Timothy about being a soldier, an athlete, um, uh, a farmer, a container, and a servant. And I don't have time to go into each one of those. And um, apart from a soldier, he says, you know, don't get distracted. You know, you need to be, don't get caught up in civilian affairs. Uh, make sure you're on top of the enemy as an athlete. Uh, run according to the rules of the race. Don't create your own race. You know, be faithful for Jesus. As a farmer, be, be like a hardworking farmer. Um, and, yeah, and a container, be a pure container. And with a serv servant, a loyal servant. So, but I just felt, um, and he says, we need to think about these things. And sometimes we need to be reflective in life. And one of the things I see is that in life, life is so frenetic. It's one of the things that we want to speak into as a community this year. Is as we go into the whole thing of discipling, is you know how to be a disciple in a in a in a in a busy world, and to be effective for for Christ. Because busyness is and. There are a lot of things that demand and push in on us the whole, the whole time. So Paul says, yeah, and, you know, th think about these things. Always reminds me of Hannes. Always says, you know, these are the things that I think about. <laughs> I was writing that. Hannes is a, he's a thinker. He's always on the, and it's, it's, it's good to think, to live reflectively, and, but always have. Um, but he says, but make Christ the anointed one, the focus, your focus in life and ministry. But I, I thought this morning, I just want to talk about, I kind of thought, well, I want to speak about being a farmer. And I remember growing up and always thought, well, I want to, I want to farm one day. And I think it was kind of a romantic, romantic notion, sitting on a, sitting on a tractor and, and, uh, and I suppose I, I see a <laughs> smelling, uh, smelling the soil and running your, your hands through the wheat. I remember going for, you do those psychometric tests. And so they ask you, well, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be a farmer. Well, I got back, I, you know, you must go farming. So obviously I had the passion. So it's, <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, I, yeah, and I thought the outdoors, at the end of the day, I landed up behind a, behind a desk as an agricultural economist and more looking at the economic side of things. And I think with hindsight, um, yeah, I'm thankful I wouldn't like to sit in a tractor. It might get a bit boring. And the other side is a bit more, more interesting. But just that, you know, man plans his way, God directs your paths. And uh, the agric faculty and the, the art faculty, they used to be together. And so Viv would come, um, and Viv was a farmer's girl from Mossel Bay, so she'd be coming, coming along, going to art lessons. And she always had these overalls, like blue overalls on. And I should have had the overalls on, but she had the overalls on. It's all full of paint. And I'd sit with the Lumpo people there and, and they say, yeah, Vista I Macy. And after a while I said, yeah, it's May Macy. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, be on a little bicycle. You know, in those days we used to ride bicycles. We could take Viv out on a bicycle. So, you know, things progress. Be on a, that bicycle was green and, green and orange. But, I mean, she was always so unsteady on this thing. I thought she was going to drive in the water. <laughs> um, but uh, that's where I met Viv. And, uh, yeah, just might not have got a farm. But I've got a farmer's girl who wanted to be a town girl. And uh, so but I've learned a lot through Viv. And um, 
yeah, and there's a lot that we can learn through through farming. And uh, <laughs> so I just thought I'd give some reflections and maybe just a couple of scriptures and uh, and then what I felt to do is just to pray pray for a blessing over us pray for a blessing over over our barns is that okay that's kind of where, where I'm heading and uh, in Genesis 8:22 it says as long as the earth endures seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night will never cease so one thing a farmer understands is seed time and harvest. Um, and God says that this will always be in place. As, as much as there's day comes and night goes and night comes, uh, seed time and harvest will, will also be there. And so what it speaks to me is that, you know, if we keep sowing, you can expect a harvest. And if you, you stop sowing, there can, no, there can be no expectation of a harvest apart from if you're harvesting from someone else's seed. <laughs> um, in Galatians 6, 7 to 10, it says, be not, uh, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season... We will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. And so what Paul is saying here is that what, what, you, what you sow is what you reap, and kind produces after, after kind. You know, often we, we kind of read, we read that, and we read it from the, the, the negative bias straight away. But, you know, when, when, when God put seed in man's hand, it was right before the fall and it, uh, to me, the, the great encouragement out of that it was actually an empowering thing for, for man. It's there to, uh, it's an empowerment scripture. It's part of our, uh, our dominion mandate. I can do something positive. The problem is, you know, the scripture says there, you know, we, we kind of give up too quickly. And because there's process. And, you know, we live in an in a age and a day that we, we don't like process, that persevering until the, the head comes. You know, we, we kind of, we'll pull it out and we'll try something else. But it's, uh, um, but anyway, the, the point I want to make is that uh, um, seed in our hand, seed is an empowering thing. God said, I'll put every seed-bearing plant, I'll give to you. In Genesis 26, and the context was famine, and I think we, most of us know the scripture there. It says that Isaac sowed in the land, and we, we're living in lean times. Um, you, just, you listen to the voices. It's, it's not easy times, not easy times in the economy, and in many, many respects, this nation is reaping what it's sown. And we, we actually, you know, if we want to change things out there, well, we need to, we need to be sowing differently. And I think the, the leadership of, of the day, are they're trying to, but there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that's, that's grown that you need to kind of <laughs> deal with. It says that Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him 
And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants. So the Philistines envied him. And so we as a people, we we empowered. Okay? So if we, uh, God's put something in our hand. And uh, if we're in famine times, we can sow. Uh, I remember Dudley Daniels, who kind of started the, the NCMI movement. He always said, you know, if you, if, you know, sow your way out of trouble, sow your way out of, sow your way out of famine. And very quickly, and when we're in famine, we kind of we want to we want to hold back. We we kind of get into a poverty a poverty mentality. And I'm not just talking money. I'm talking our whole being. You know, straight away when you think so, we we kind of we kind of hit the switch and we think, oh, who wants to talk about money? No, I'm talking about our lives, everything about us. Um, you know, I'm a seed, you're a seed, um, everything. Um, we need to sow the word into our lives. Um, I think someone came, Matthew came up this morning and said, you know, just Judges 6, you know, when, when Gideon was in the, in the wine press and he was hiding away. You know, God came and said, you know, mighty man of valor. You know, that, that's a word coming to Gideon. And what did Gideon do with the word? He took it in and eventually, you know, he kind of got himself out of the, out of, out of the situation. And the, the word comes and, you know, God wants to shine light into our hearts. The word shines light into our hearts and it, it removes the darkness and the confusion and it, and it, it becomes a clear path, a path for us. So we need to be a people that sows, you know, in a place so, so, so the word. You know, it says, oh Lord, give me my daily bread. And we come once a week to get a bit of bread. <laughs> Who reads the Bible every day? I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand. You know. <laughs> but, you know, we should be reading it. You know, if you want the daily bread, well, we, we need to read the Bible. So otherwise it's going to be difficult to get the daily bread. Um, yeah, it's, we need to, you know, in our marriages, so into our marriages, um, so into our friendships. I was, this last week, I was uh, got a call on my cell phone. I was kind of, uh, and I couldn't make out who it was because the name wasn't there, and and the guy was, uh, it's kind of a American kind of voice. After a while, I thought, hey, I know that voice, and it turns out it's a friend of mine that is my roommate, um, and he's a Quibist, I mean, he's Afrikaans, but Quibist, he, he came from Barambat in, in Namibia. He couldn't throw two English words together. I couldn't throw two Afrikaans words, but we became the best of buddies. At, we were roommates for four years. I mean, we, we shared many, ex- yeah, and but life, you know, we went our way and stuff, you know. It, so I get the call 15, 15 years. I haven't spoken to him for 15 years, and he gives me the call. My heart skipped. I thought, hey, yeah, you know, it's just, and I just recognized the voice. And, I, and I, all I could say to him is, thank you for phoning. But I kind of thought after, you know, why didn't I phone? You know, if you, you kind of think about our relationships and all the, the, through the years and all the times that we've had and how, how much we've sown into those. You know, we kind of, we've got a relationship, you know, we move on and we, we kind of drop things. And we're all guilty. I'm guilty. You know, some people are, are good at, that keep, keep, sowing in and uh, those are treasures and just to encourage us you know kind of um, yeah 
sowing in our children. And it says, you know, that, that our children would flourish and be the mighty ones. And so anyway, we get, so where there's famine, so it says in, a, in Psalm 126, 5 to 6, those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, will come back home with shouts of joy, bringing these sheaves with him. You know, sometimes we kind of, we sit there and we weep and we weep and we weep and we bemoan the situation around about us. But actually God has empowered us. And he said, I, I give you every seed-bearing plant, every seed-bearing, you, you just go and sow. And you will get a harvest out of that. True? And it says, when you get the harvest, there'll be a lot more joy than, than the weeping. And sometimes you look around, there's a lot of weeping, but little joy. And we're going to say, well, maybe we need to do more sowing. But to me, it's a very encouraging and an empowering scripture. And I, you know, as I was preparing, I was just thinking about just that, the, the, the power of that. You, you take one millipip, one, one um, maize kernel, and you plant that, you're going to get 800 back. You take those 800 and you plant them, you get yeah, you're going to get 600, <laughs> well, that's big numbers. I'm not a, you get 640,000 back. You take those 640,000, you get 512 million. You take those 512 million, you get four one billion in four in four seasons and you kind of translate that back and you you know if you take on a hectare you plant 25,000 and per hectare you get three three tons per hectare um, you're going to get 40 million tons but it's going to require like 13,6 million hectares of land to to grow the anyway just <laughs> I'm an economist so I kind of it's kind of stuff that I like to do um, but just in doing that, and, you know, in South Africa, I think we've got about 4,000, 4 million hectares, arable hectares that are, that are planted to maize, and we get about 11, 11 million tons. But I, I was just thinking, you know, the seed, the seed is not the problem. You know, God puts such a multiplication in seed. Seed's not the problem. The limitation is land. We've got the big fight over land in our country, but the, the, the problem is land, uh, not, not enough arable land. I mean, there's so much seed in here. And so it kind of brings me to my second point, and, and that is, you know, the farmer understands seed time and har harvest, but the uh, the farmer also understands preparation and the preparation of the soils. Um, and, yeah, Jeremiah says, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow land and sow, not amongst the thorns. You know, we, we, need to, we need to break up unproductive land and land, even the land that's been resting, and we, we need to make land productive. Um, Proverbs 24 says, those who are too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at harvest. So we need to, we need to prepare and know to be a people. How do, we prepare, how do I prepare myself to, to receive the word? And uh, uh, seed's not the problem. 
the receiving of the, the, the heart and the fertile soil. We need to, we need to pay, pay attention. And Jesus says, you know, take care then how you hear. Uh, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. And Jesus is applying that to the four, the parable of the four, the four soils. And he says, no, the, the one falls on, on, on the rocky path and the enemy comes and steals it away. And the other one falls on, um, on rocky soil and it receives it with joy. But because of the shallow roots and, and the persecutions of the time, falls away. Others fall amongst the thorns and uh, the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth make it unfruitful. So all of those are it's taken away. And even though you're saying, it's, it's actually you say, you're saying in vain in, in, in a sense. There's only the one where it's sown in good soil does it produce a, hundred, a, a crop of a hundred, a hundred times. And so Jesus is saying, he's cautioning us, he's saying, you know, be, be careful then how you hear. Um, and the motivation is, you know, that... Um, the one who hears will be given more. And the one who doesn't, or the one who's taken away, even what he has, will, will be taken away. And so we need to be a people that, that really um, knows how to receive the word and work with the word and, uh, and appreciate the word. You know, I, I can preach a message this morning, we walk out the door and it's gone. We need to say, what's the take home? What am I going to take home? What am I going to carry in my heart that's going to produce life? Or is that just a nice meeting, a nice, another, another great meeting, and, but yet fruit, fruitless? And we all do. You know, we, we, we're told to be reflective. We, you know, in, in, in Proverbs it says, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your heart, your ear to my sayings, and let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing for all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, from, for from it flow the springs of life, the boundaries of life. So we, I've got a whole lot of points, you know, how to receive the word of God, but I'm not going to bring that now. I don't have the time. Um, but we need to be a people that knows how to work with the word and knows how to um, delight in it and, and have it planted meekly in me and that asking God, open my eyes that I might see your wonders and uh, are rejoicing at your word and, and you know, finding a love and appreciation for, for the word of God. The third thing that I was just thinking about is uh, in my time, I, I spent many years up in Bapudaswana in uh, agricultural development. And um, one, one thing I noticed was just the land, land tenure um, plays a major role in development economics. And you get, you get state land, and it's, a, it's a debate that's been happening over our country at the moment. And um, some people think the state should own it, and I don't know, it's, it's a lot of, lot of confusion. And, um, but anyway, you get, you get state land, you get tribal or communal land, and you get privately, privately owned land. Um, but many times I used to fly over, uh, over the area, 
and well, even driving, it's, it's just so, so visible. That land that was tribally owned, a communal, communal land, um, you'd often drive past there and you'd see it be overgrazed, it's uh, eroded, big bush encroachment, and uh, not, not looking very good. And right next door, there'd just be a fence between the two farms, and the other one would have good grass and uh, be, in a, be in a good, good condition. Um, and so to me, it just speaks about that thing of, uh, um, you know, when you're talking about land tenure, it talks about ownership and stewardship. And sadly, Airbnb and where people come in and they, they just trash the place. You know, you get some people, they say the, the Germans come in there and, well, afterwards you don't even know that they've been there. They make up everything and kind of clean up after, after them. I think, uh, I don't want to get into nations, but there's certain nations that come in there and they, they trash the place. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so just, you know, when speaking in terms of land, land tenure, you kind of, part of the problem in many of these tribal areas is what the people do is they say, well, yeah, yeah, I've got six cattle and I'm just going to put them on the land and I'll come back for them in six months' time and hopefully they're going to be fat. Most of them look a bit scrawly, but, but, they're, but they're still alive. Um, and we need to be a people where we take ownership of our land and the state of our land that we we, we're preparing our land, we're sowing into our land, and we, we're getting a fertility on it, and, and not the mindset of, well, because we're part of a community, you know, you, in the community, my spiritual needs are going to be taken care of. So we need to preach ourselves well, you guys are listening intently. <laughs> we need to priest, our, uh, priest ourselves well. We need a priest in our home. And we need a priest at church. And I think it starts each one of us. You know, Are we having a quiet time? Are we reading the word? Are we praying? Or is that something that we come, we come here to do? And I know I'm speaking to many of us. I mean, I'm not... Um, but I really want to encourage us. Start priesting and see yourself flourish. Start priesting in, in your home. See your children flourish. See your wife flourish. And then come and be a priest in the house of God and see the church flourish. You know, it says that uh, where Paul talks about, and he says, you know, that he talks about the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. There should be a richness there. And there is a richness, but it can be richer. Let's, let's be the priests that, that uh, uh, we call to be. So, let's start thinking, and where Paul says, you know, think like a farmer. Um, he says, never give up. It takes faith. In Ecclesiastes, it says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch for every cloud, they will never harvest. goes on in verse 6. It says, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you do not know 
if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. In verse 5 it says, As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with a child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Isaiah 30, 23 says, And he will give rain for the seed with which you sow the ground, and bread the produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous. He'll give you rain for the seed which you sow the ground. And it says there, unless a seed falls to the ground, falls to the ground, it doesn't help if you, the seed is not in the ground. And so the question we need to ask ourselves is, have I got seed in the ground? And the encouragement is there's lots of seed. We can put it in the ground. It takes faith. But let's at least put it, God, God, we put the seed in the ground and uh, God sends his rain. And so, yeah, I just want to pray for us a blessing of just over our bonds. And uh, it's a blessing that uh, Isaac, is it Isaac? Isaac prayed for, for Jacob. And remember the story where he had the two sons, uh, Jacob and Esau, and Esau was the hunter. And Isaac was the, I don't know what he was, but um, I think he was mommy's boy, and mommy kind of was looking after him there and kind of pushing him forward. But uh, um, so Isaac comes and uh, uh, Jacob comes to, uh, to Isaac and he gets the blessing of, of Esau. And um, he dresses up as Esau and Jacob lays his hand on him and says, May God give you heaven's dew and of earth's richness, fatness of the earth and abundance of grain and new wine. And that's what I want to pray for us. And in that story, I was just reading a little bit further on, Esau comes in and says that Esau was a hunter. Now the blessing, he was this firstborn son, and he was, the blessing actually should have been his. So he comes along there, and he hears that now his brothers have been at a blessing. He goes to his father and says, Father, bless me. And, and, and Isaac says, no, you know, I've given the blessing. I can't, I can't bless you. Um, and his father said, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven on high. And I was kind of thinking about that. I thought, well, that's, that's quite unfair. You know, kind of, <laughs> uh, but then I realized, I kind of started thinking through the story, and I thought, no, but it says that uh, Esau was a hunter. You know what a hunter does is, a hunter doesn't really put anything into the, into the, into the ground. You know, he was going out around looking for trophies, and uh, he was looking for, looking for spoils. Um, I was reflected on, in, in the Northwest, apparently in the old days, the, the plains there, they used to be beautiful when the guys, the, the, the frontier guys went up there and they, they said that there used to be hundreds of thousands of uh, springbuck um, or impala and you go there today, you don't find one. And you ask yourself why? Well, there were hunters there, there weren't any farmers. And uh, you, today you go, there are farmers there and they're, they're growing crops and, and and cattle, cattle and that. But it kind of spoke to me that, you know, he has Esau, he, come, he comes for the blessing, but actually he had nothing in the ground. All he was doing, he was, he was, he was going for the spoil. 
and I was trying to hand stuff and for encouragement is let's be let's let's think let's have the mind of the farmer let's not just go after the trophies let's be a people and a community that put something back into into this community into our nation so something and it says that the farmer should be the first to enjoy it but we we also saying for future generations and um, let's not hunt everything out it's when they come we we can only tell them what they used to be <laughs> okay so father and lord we thank you for your word um your manifold word lord and yeah father even as we think even about a farmer lord and i'm sure each one of us sit with different pictures and and father i pray lord that you'd bring that to mind I thank you, Lord, that you have empowered us, that no matter what stands around us and what we face, Father, that you, you have given us every seed-bearing plant, Lord. Um, and Father, I want to pray this morning, I want to pray, Lord, the dew of heaven um, be upon each one in this place, Lord. I want to pray, Lord, the the fatness of the earth, Lord. I want to pray over our barns, Lord, that you would bless the barns of each one here. You bless the barns of us as a people, Lord, that we might be a blessing, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would instill a sower heart, the heart of the farmer, the hardworkingness, Lord, that we be a people, Lord, that, that treasures and cherishes, Lord, like Mary, the promises in our hearts, Lord, and that we'd see things come to fruition, Lord. We'd not give up, but we'd persevere in everything, Lord, that you have and promise in your word, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.